Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Daily Sports Talk Show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, everybody? If you watch it on TV and you see me like shuffling around, I'm trying to, you know, trying to get this giant head in the camera. Tommy's on the other side of the glass, which means I'm nervous because, you know, my radio idol is watching me do radio right now. But that also means we're working on some stuff. We're fixing some stuff here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. What's up? Hope you're having a great day. Happy Tuesday. I got this uh, crazy pink drink. Tommy's always making fun of me, too, and Andrew, as well, uh, with all of my elixirs that I like to drink, and I think I found the best one yet. I did have one of these yesterday, and I was rolling until, like, 11 o'clock at night last night. I drank it the morning yesterday. I'm drinking it right now during the 4 o'clock hour today, so uh, pray for me. Regardless, that means I'm going to be plenty juiced up for this show. No pun intended, because we're going to get started by talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. We're not going to talk much about it, but I can't believe we haven't mentioned this on the show yet. Maybe the tweet of the year from Sean Rainey. So we will uh, we'll, uh, rehash that. I mean, there's nothing really to debate or whatever. So Fernando Tatis Jr., he got suspended for 60 games for performance-dancing drugs. That seems crazy in itself, but... To happen now in the middle of the pennant race? Like Robert Chase, the program director at the trail, said, how did this happen? <laughs> like, how did this happen right now? I don't know. I don't I don't think anybody knows the answer. We're also going to continue our breakdown of Big Sky Conference football. We were at the Big Sky kickoff last month. So today, we're going to talk about Northern Arizona. Uh, Montana State does have a game down there in Flagstaff. The Grizz miss NAU again. I, I will say... 
the unbalanced schedule is not created equal when the Grizz or the Cats miss, you know, Northern Colorado or, you know, even Cal Poly or Sac State or, or whatever. It doesn't seem as weird as when they miss, like, traditional old-school Big Sky teams. NAU, not a charter member of the Big Sky, but they did join the league when the league was about 15 years old in the late 1970s. So they've been around for a lot longer than a lot of the other teams in the Big Sky. So it just seems weird. Like, the Grizz in Northern Arizona it was always a fun game. And, of course, there was always the the never-ending storyline of Jerome Sowers, who spent 11 years at Montana and then spent 20 years at Northern Arizona, was never able to beat the Grizz. Then he did break through and finally beat the Grizz. So that storyline is now over with Chris Ball at the helm. But I want to see. It just feels like forever because it actually has been forever since we've seen NAU on Montana soil. The last time I've seen NAU in this state was in October of 2019. That's a long time. So it just seems like NAU, which is already in an outpost at Flagstaff, they're just sort of not, I don't know. We need to get them back into the conversation in the Big Sky Conference. So we're going we're to talk about that team today. I do think, broadly, they're a team that has as much excitement around them as any team in the Big Sky Conference. The returning freshman of the year in R.J. Martinez, the best returning running back that's an underclassman in, uh, in Kevin Daniels. Also, though, they've had some highly regarded recruiting classes. What does it all mean, though? How, how do you make the... the uh, how do you make the rubber meet the road when it comes to bringing in highly recruited guys, highly rated recruiting classes? Okay, that's all fine and dandy. Chris Ball's 12-16 and 16 during his two and a half seasons at the helm there at NAU. Also played five spring games back uh, in the spring of 2021. So where are we at with the Lumberjacks? How have they been able to at least start this rebuilding process, which is certainly a unique one. Very rare you ever have a guy as the face of a program, the head of a team for... 20-plus years like Jerome Sowers was at NAU. So it's certainly a new look. Also, I'm so excited because high school football is back. I will say one of my favorite parts about my journey as a sports journalist is when I was a young sports writer, working at the Missoulian and then at the the Ellensburg Daily Record, high school sports was my bread and butter. I love writing about high school sports, love going to high school sporting games. It's just so fun. There's not a whole bunch of the, the BS it's just way more pure. You know, it's not about recruiting and budgets and facilities. It's just about the kids doing their best, right? And so then, though, once I decided I was going to ch- sort of chase the dream of becoming a big-time college football beat writer, then I gravitated towards only writing about college football. And I then I spent a great amount of time, 2012 through uh, 2017, just writing about the Big Sky Conference. That's great. That's what brought us here today. That's how we got to this point. But my one of my great joys in coming back to this, coming to this radio show initially, being on ESPN Radio, has been diving into the high school stuff. And we did it quite well, I thought, uh, when Ryan Tutel was here, Tutel Nuanez. But we're trying to up our high school coverage to the maximum because I do think that it is just such a, an important part of the sporting landscape in Montana. High school football. I mean, if we didn't have the Grizz and the Cats, it would be as king as it is anywhere in the country, but it is still unbelievably important and prominent in this state. So that's all to say, we're going to have a ton of high school stuff for you. We did a great job with our senior spotlight this last summer, highlighting some of the best graduating seniors, boys and girl athletes from the ranks of Montana. Thanks to all those. I'm actually going to have Andrew go through and give me a full tabulation of how many we actually got to, but I bet you it was... 
two dozen, maybe two dozen plus. So we're going to have a whole bunch of high school coverage. We're going to get it kicked off today. Kyle Mahelish will join us. He is the head coach of Helena Capital. They have three Division I players on their team as of right now. They also have high aspirations this year in what I think is going to be a wide-open double-A. So he'll join us about 4.30. We also have our Treasure State Stars for the day, and we got some free tagliere for you. And that's all before we wrap up our number one. So if you want to get a hold of us, you want to call us, want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. About 45 minutes from now, we'll be giving you an opportunity to win some free tagliere deli. Got our Treasure State Stars, best performances uh, from around the state of Montana, both individual and uh, team. And then we also have some NFL talk coming up in hour number two. We're going to talk Big Sky Conference guys in the NFL. What are the biggest factors for and against them making their respective teams that they're trying to grind through right now? A heavy focus on the guys from the two Montana schools out of the Big Sky. We're also going to keep on going over the NFL Top 100. Agree, disagree, or even just have it lead us to conversation points uh, just about the NFL. So it should be a fun show. It should be a fun conversation. Thanks for hanging out with us. Here on your Tuesday, it's Nuanas Now. That is our show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. Want to stream the show? You always can, 1029ESPN.com. We got some new uh, technology here, it seems. Uh, I am not quite in the same spot on your television screen as I normally am. We got uh, some new processing stuff. That's why Tommy was in the back. And so uh, always love when we're making progress on the tech side of things around here. So appreciate Tommy and Andrew for all their great work on uh, whatever it is they're ironing out. I don't even know. That's why those guys are so important to our operation here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. I don't even know what's going on or what they're doing. But it uh, looks good, and I'm, uh, I'm happy that uh, we continue to diversify. Again, if you want to be a part of the show, you want to call us, text us, 406-888-1029. Before we get into uh, some Big Sky breakdown here uh, on Nuanas Now, I want to talk briefly about uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. One of the headlines right now on ESPN.com, Padres pull plug on, on Tatis bobblehead night and T-shirt giveaway following drug suspension. Not a good headline. <laughs> it is not a uh, not a good situation there in San Diego. The Padres, they've dominated all of the non-on-the-diamond stuff in baseball, it seems, for the last, this calendar year, basically. They had one of the most prestigious uh, off-seasons that I can remember, just in terms of the amount of guys they got, the amount of deals that they made. And then... Uh, they had a little bit of a slow start, partially because Fernando Tatis Jr. was out of the lineup with an injury. Then they get back into the race, but they're so far behind the Dodgers, nobody knows if they can catch them. So they decide, how are we going to try to make a run at one of the other playoff spots? So they go out and they make one of the deadline deals of all time, truly. And they trade for Juan Soto, who's one of the best young players in baseball, a guy that's almost certainly going to be a multi-hundred million dollar man. Who knows what the final number actually is when it all gets uh, signed. But this is a guy that that turned down a 13-year, $300-plus million contract with the Washington Nationals, and now he's in San Diego. But 
all is not the hype train. All is not roses in San Diego because uh, late, late last week, Fernando Tatis Jr. failed a drug test for performance-enhancing drugs. He is suspended for 60 games. There is not 60 games left in this calendar year. I, actually, one thing I, I Robert Chase asked me, Andrew, is does this render Tatis out for the postseason? How does these suspensions work? Like, there's not 60 games left in the regular season, so does his suspension go into next year, or do the games, if the Padres make the playoffs, also count against this suspension? Yeah, so it's an 80-game suspension. 80, wow, okay. The postseason does not count. It's not time off. He obviously can't play in the postseason, so it's going to go into next year's oh, regular so, so, season. So, so he so is suspended for the postseason, and that does not count towards the 80 games. That's correct. Yikes. So he's going to be, Chase and I were talking about it this morning, too. Uh, it'll probably be a full month off for him starting next season as well. Oh, my goodness. This this kid, he... I don't know what he needs in his life, but he needs he needs something to tell him, my man, you are going to make half a billion dollars if you just don't screw this thing up. Don't ride your motorcycle. Take care of your body. Don't take steroids. It just seems like it's pretty cut and dry. But that's what's weird about it. His dad also played in the big leagues for a decade. You sure, know? right, right, Feel, right. Feels like he should have had that voice in it's, his life, it's right? For sure. I mean, it's not, a, and it's not as if Fernando Tatis Senior was some random player. He was a very good player for yeah. the Arizona or for the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals uh, during his heyday. And uh, wow, uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I just I had to th- to uh, to bring this up just to get started here today, just because. Padres pull plug on Tatis bobblehead giveaway because of a failed drug test is quite a headline. That is one of the headlines of the year. And we also had one of the tweets of the year. I have to apologize to my man, Sean Rainey, because anybody that's out there that, that watches SWX Montana television, you know that Sean is very enthusiastic. That, that's part of his personality. It's also why he's very good at his job producing stories about sports around the state of Montana. He's also very enthusiastic about the teams that he likes. He's from San Diego, so he has the full right to be a passionate Padres and Chargers fan. Also, being fans of those two franchises is not the easiest thing in the world because they are certainly in that category where you're kind of... Eh, he thinks they're cursed. I, I just think that they're... I, I don't know. I, we don't need to get into the analysis of what's up with San Diego area sports. But Rainey tweeted the other day, he said, (laughs) more people from my life have texted me over the last hour about a failed drug test than anybody texted me when I got married or had either of my two kids. I need new friends. (laughs) Poor Sean, man. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I definitely texted him when Tatis failed the drug test. And I definitely did not text him when either of his boys were born. So... You know, I guess I'm part of the problem. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Sorry if by chance Sean is watching in the studio. I bet he's not. He's probably at a high school football practice somewhere. But if he is by chance uh, in the studio hearing this, I, 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 uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that it, it affects your emotional state of being. D- just have faith that uh, you still got Manny Machado and Juan Soto and, uh, you know, still... 15 games above 500, so you're still in the playoff race. Yeah, it's pretty nice. They were able to replace that Tatis bobblehead giveaway with a Juan Soto t-shirt giveaway. So, like, they're fine. Yes, exactly. No one is now ESPN Radio. Thanks for tuning in here on your Tuesday.
Let's talk Northern Arizona through the lens of recruiting. We have a couple spots uh, here, a couple bits from Chris Ball. The um, This is so confusing. I, am, I find it very important to name coaches by how long they've been at a school. So Brent Vegan, second-year head coach at Montana State. Bo Baldwin, second-year head coach at Cal Poly. The guys that have been there for longer, the guys that had the pandemic year interrupt them, I get all caught up on it because some of them played in the spring, some of them played in the fall. So Chris Ball has coached three seasons at NAU. He's also been there for three years. So those two things are not normal. They they don't uh, go hand in hand, right? So what, what are we going to call the coaches that, like is Jay Hill ninth-year head coach Jay Hill or is it nine-season coach Jay Hill who's also been there for nine years? It's confusing, right? Yeah, I guess I haven't thought about it. I actually thought about it when I was writing a story about Bobby Howe, who's been right. here for five years now. But four seasons. But four seasons. But the five years is more important because that's an extra year of recruiting and developing and being around your guys. Like when you get to year five, yeah. the program is more yours, right? I guess, I guess you're right. I guess I would go by years. So we're going to call him third-year head coach Chris Ball. He's 2019-2021, spring season 2021, fall season but he has been there for three years. And uh, an interesting challenge that he took over at NAU. NAU had a unique position in the Big Sky Conference when Jerome Sowers was there because NAU during Jerome Sowers' 21 seasons at the helm was quite honestly never bad. They were never like the worst in the league. They also, though, only ever shared the league title one time and they made the playoffs four times. That's a whole lot better than the have-nots in the league and nowhere close to the haves in the league over that same amount of, of time. And NAU was basically going to be the fourth, fifth, or sixth team in the league every year, and if the league was good enough, they would be that fourth team in. And if they were really good, they could get up into the top three, then they would be in. But the, it's just interesting that Sowers was actually so steady. He, he was never really uh, elite Best of the league, good, and also never bottom of the league, bad. And uh, so it's an interesting deal for a new coach to come in there because you talk about having an entrenched culture. You have a coach that's there for 20-plus years, plus he has multiple assistants like Andy Thompson who was there riding with him forever. So interesting challenge for Chris Ball. One thing that Sowers and his staff did really well was recruit. I think you can recruit really well to Flagstaff. Flagstaff's a cool town. If you've ever been there, uh, it's it's kind of like uh, how would I how would I describe this? It's like Missoula with a little high mountain desert flavor and a little bit of Route 66. It's like it's like an Eagles song, but it has like the pine trees and the elevation, and it does get some snow, and you got some weather, and you got some you know variable seasons. But it's also in Arizona. It does get hot during spring and summer. But it's a cool town. It has a great vibe, a great spirit about it. I'm from northern Arizona. My family's from northern Arizona. My parents grew up in Sedona, Arizona. So I've been to Flagstaff quite a bit. And I have always loved Flagstaff. The times I've been down there to cover games, I'm always thinking, man, why isn't this place just rolling? It seems like they should have such – They should. it seems like northern Arizona should have a similar foothold as the third Division One program in a state that has a huge population – as Eastern Washington does. Eastern Washington does such a great job of getting all the D1 guys that don't go to the Huskies and to Washington State. And a lot of those guys are better than the Big Sky Conference 
but they don't want to go out of state, so boom, they land at Eastern. It seems like NAU should have that same niche. They have had a lot of really good players from Arizona. It's sort of perplexing what has eluded them from fully getting over the top. Then we get into the other part of the conversation, though. Chris Ball has heavy uh, FBS credentials. He was at Idaho State in the late 90s, and then he landed on Mike Price's staff at Washington State, which then took him to Alabama. He's also spent time again back at Washington State during the Paul Wolf era there. Uh, also made a stop at Arizona State. He's been at Memphis, so he's been in the FBS for most of the 21st century. And by all accounts, a very well-respected defensive coach. And I know a lot of guys in the big sky were both excited for him and also wary of him when he got the NAU job because he was a guy that was he was right there. I mean, it was it was really close between Andy Hill, uh, who was a Missouri assistant, and Chris Ball and Jeff Choate at Montana State. Chris Ball was certainly in the mix there, though, at MSU. And then when he didn't get that job, he gets to NAU, and uh, I think they're happy to have him. He, though, has also compiled some great recruiting classes at NAU, at least if you believe the recruiting analysis, uh, anal- analysts, excuse me, the analysis of the recruiting by the analysts. Say that three times fast. But this stuff always comes with a caveat. And if you want to check out a, a really in-depth story about recruiting in the big sky, go check out SkylineSportsMT.com, this big sky breakdown, uh, in partnership with Skyline Sports. And we have a, a long, comprehensive article about recruiting in the big sky. But you can rec- there's, there's such different recruiting maps in the league, right? There's, there's such different recruiting strategies that can be used. The pitch you pitch to guys to come to Sacramento, California is different than Davis, California, but that's also way different than Flagstaff, Arizona, and that's also way different than Portland, Oregon, and that's also a world away from Missoula, Montana, or Pocatello, Idaho, or Moscow, Idaho, or Ogden, Utah, or Greeley, Colorado. The diversification of the geographic locations of each school in the big sky is so fascinating and so different. Also, though, you're almost always going to have one of the highest highest rated recruiting classes in the big sky and in the FCS if you are in northern Arizona. Why? Because you're almost certainly going to be recruiting almost exclusively from Arizona, which has good high school talent, Southern California, which is not very far away, And now Flagstaff has a direct flight to Dallas. So now you're going to be recruiting Texas. Chris Ball also has SEC credentials, so he's been in Texas before as a recruiter. Okay, so then what does that mean? It means you have an opportunity to get a lot more guys that are known by the recruiting services that make the rankings. There's a heck of a lot more two-star guys, three-star guys that are going to NAU than that are going to Montana and Montana State. Montana Montana State... Their recruiting classes are going to be made up by Montana kids, at least half, if not more. How many of those guys are ranked? Pretty much none. But like we always say, Troy Anderson wasn't ranked. Troy Anderson was a second-round draft pick. Troy Anderson would have been ranked. He just happened to live in 5,000-person Dillon, Montana, and never went to a football camp until he went to individual camp at MSU, got offered, and committed. Boom. Doesn't enhance your recruiting ranking. So I take these things with a grain of salt. When you look at the Hero Sports recruiting rankings from 2019, for example, NAU had the 11th ranked class of the country and the number one class in the Big Sky Conference. Well, of those guys, who's become primetime players? Well, Morgan Vest, he was a preseason All-Big Sky guy this year, uh, a returning All-League player at safety. Great. Hendricks Johnson, he's a good receiver in this league. He was an honorable mention guy last year. He's from that class. But most of the rest of the names, you don't recognize them. 
So what do recruiting rankings mean? I'm not sure. And I think it's more about development than it is about getting the right guys. That said, what do we see at Montana State the last couple of years? It was the first time I can remember seeing this both at a Montana school and in the Big Sky where you could bring in highly recruited, highly heralded recruits and then also keep them around and turn it into a juggernaut. Part of Montana State is was projecting. This last, this last run from Jeff Choate through Brent Vegan, part of it was seeing Lewis Kidd bring him in as a D-tackle, transition into offensive tackle. Part of it was seeing Troy Anderson, how could you not? It's pretty easy. But part of it was seeing Daniel Hardy plucking him out of a junior college. But also part of it was bringing in really, really, really good guys from the Trinity League down in California, which they had a great pipeline from. But that's the first time I can really remember where it was recruit big-time guys, bring them in, and then keep them as big-time guys and win with those guys. It remains to be seen if this can happen at NAU. I asked Chris Ball all about this, though. Here's a thought from Chris Ball all about how important recruiting is to his program at Northern Arizona. Next to our relationship with our players, recruiting is the number one thing. And um, we, we've, we, and in order to do that, a lot of people say that. Sure. Um, but I've got to, as a head coach, I got to give our, 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 our coaches time during their day to recruit. Right. So, and, and we talk about this all the time. We say, all right, draw up whatever you want to draw. Man, that play looks really cool, or that blitz looks really cool. But if you don't have the players to do that, totally. you don't have a chance. So. Um, it's the lifeblood of your program, you know. And when we say it's number one, it's number one for us because we can't be successful unless we got uh, great players. So we spend a lot of time on it. And now, you did, like you said, you know, uh, they got the portal. So now we got to check the portal. So you're constantly recruiting. For sure. And it changes. Your, your, your roster and who you're recruiting changes every day. And so you have to stay on top of it. And then with the portal, now you never know when somebody, some good player out of your room might leave. Sure. Well, are we going to replace that kid with a high school kid or are we going to go look in the portal? You know, so um, it's, it's something that we do every single day. It's something that we try to do at a high, high level. we got a great recruiting base in Phoenix. You know, uh, Phoenix football in the state of Arizona, period, is, is, it gets better every year. And then we have a direct flight from Dallas to Flag, or Flag to Dallas, so we've hit in Dallas a lot. And then we got Southern California right there. So we've got enough guys to pick. We just got to take the right ones. And then what we look for, we look for character, smart, work ethic, mental toughness, and talent. We're not just going to take somebody because they're talented. Because you're talented and you don't have those traits, you're not going to come in and get any better. So uh, we spend a lot of time on it. Like I said, it's, it's very, very important to your program. And uh, we, our, our assistants have done, have done a great job, really, really good job. Nuance now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. But what does it all mean? I mean every, everybody wants kids of high character and mental toughness that are smart, that want to be a part of a program. So seems like... Although that is a good selling point, you know, that's a good recruitment by Chris Ball about his recruiting. What does it all mean? What do they actually look at? I asked him exactly that. What are some of the things he learned in the FBS that they carry over into now in Northern Arizona? In previous years and this year, too, there are a lot of coaches that have uh, FBS credentials on their resumes. I know it's been a couple of years since you've been in the FBS, but was there any carryover from your time when you were coaching in the Power Five to, that you use it in your recruiting strategy now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one is the uh, the way we evaluate. Yeah, you know that's important, um, especially if you're going to develop guys. So you got to be able to 
to bring players in here that can get bigger, right? Can get stronger. And the projection part. Yes, right? the yeah. projection part of it's big. So we do a lot of stuff with body type. We yeah. measure uh, in knee size, hand size, uh, wingspan, right. and we build this database. You know, and then we start looking. Uh, we take it and we take. All right, let's look at the last ten years or the all conference players at each position, their size. So if we can find a speed on those guys, let's find the speed on those right, guys. Right. Um, we have camps. You know, our camps are big for us. We had 740 kids at one camp this wow. year. So, uh, and we had three of them. The, the other two had over 200. So, um, it's um, we get a lot done in those camps. Not just watching a kid. Uh, perform athletically and not getting data on him but also what kind of character does he has you know is he mentally tough when he competes is he is he smart does he does he listen to the drills you're asking him to do is he paying attention um is he tough you know those are all things that we can find out in camp and usually that's the only way to find out those four traits is in person so um we we, we've we've done a good job of uh finding our type of guy you know, and helping our needs and uh, not just taking that running around with a pocket full of scholars and throwing them out there and doing a good job of evaluating. Again, it sounds like just talking points, and sometimes it is, but I do think that what Chris Baldus said there at the end, Northern Arizona head coach here on Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, is important if you can proclaim it Emphasize it, re-emphasize it, and never go away from it. When Jeff Cho first got to Montana State, the TRC, hashtag TRC, the right cat, people made fun of it. But they do have a systematic evaluation. Bobby Houck doesn't have silly uh, hashtags besides, you know, the one, RTD. But at Montana, Houck could be the first to tell you, that they're trying to recruit a type of guy first and then a great football player second because you have to be a certain type of guy to want to play in a very militaristic, disciplined, hard-hitting program like Montana. The same thing at MSU because you also have the academic side. At NAU, it's obviously a part of the equation. So if they can consistently reemphasize it, maybe it's not just lip service. Maybe it is uh, a reality. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Here's what uh, NAU's schedule looks like. At Arizona State, tough. At Sam Houston, that's a tough game too. And then versus North Dakota at home. I think NAU has the toughest non-conference schedule in the Big Sky Conference. But if they can figure out a way, even if they go one and two in that, that actually, sets, it sounds funny to say, but that actually sets them up for a little bit of a playoff run or at least a chasing a playoff spot. If they win both those games against Sam Houston and North Dakota, now you're 2-1 coming into Big Sky play. And I actually think that one of the sneakiest, most important openers in the league this year is when Idaho comes to Flagstaff on September 24th. That's the Big Sky opener for both teams. I think both these teams are optimistic about maybe being a top half of the league type team. The winner of that game is going to have a leg up in that uh, pursuit. Then they're going to use at Portland State. They're home against Cal Poly. They're at UC Davis. They're at Idaho State. they got Montana State coming to town. On November 5th, then they're at Northern Colorado, and they are at home against Weber State. So they miss the Grizzlies. They miss Eastern Washington. They miss Sacramento State. That's a pretty advantageous conference schedule to go with the hardest non-conference schedule. But if you score this out, let's call Idaho a coin flip game. At Portland State is actually kind of a coin flip game. I'm actually 
been reading about and writing about Portland State a little bit more. A little higher on Portland State than I was a couple weeks ago. But even if those are both coin flips, let's let's call it one and one. They beat Cal Poly. They're at Davis. That's a loss. They're two and two in the league. They're at Idaho State. That's a win. Montana State coming to town. Uh, Brent Vegan's never been to the walk up Sky Dome. Even though the Cats will be favored, we'll see. Northern Colorado, though, I mean, I, th- I think that I, the best way to say it is that NAU, I think, will be favored against Portland State, Cal Poly, Idaho State, and Northern Colorado. So there's perhaps four league wins. If you get that Idaho game, now you got five league wins and you're in the conversation. You knock off any of the three. UC Davis, Montana State, and Weber State, all top 20 teams, and the last two, Montana State and Weber, actually probably top 10 teams. If you knock off any of those three, get to six league wins, okay, now you're really in the mix, and you have a a bona fide playoff resume. So a lot of people are thinking about NAU as a dark horse. They got R.J. Martinez, the returning freshman of the year at quarterback. They have Kevin Daniels, the best sophomore running back in the conference, a second-team all-league guy a year ago. They got some talent. But I think that this is a prove-it year for NAU. If the recruiting classes are what the recruiting services have said they are, those guys got to become players. They got to become all-league players. They got to start hitting right now this season. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Thanks for kicking it with us here on a Tuesday. We step away from our Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, and go into a coach's corner. Kyle Mahilish, the head coach of the Helena Capital Bruin football team, Joins us next. Can't wait to talk high school football here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, a ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Well, I couldn't be any happier. Football season is officially upon us, and it's not just the fall camp practices we've been going to for the Grizzlies and the Bobcats. Now, high school football is underway as well. One of my most favorite parts about getting back into radio has been covering the high school ranks, and it's been so fun covering the Class AA ranks the last couple years. We go now to our first coach's corner of the 2022 football season Head coach of the Helena Capital Bruins, Kyle Mahelis, joins us here on Nuanas Now. Coach, thanks for taking a minute. I know it's a busy time of year. How you doing? Good, Colter. Thanks for having us. I'm glad to hear that we're the first group to get us at the tone. But you got big competition because we got Coach Bennett coming on later on this weekend. You know, I mean, he kind of dabbles as a semi-professional media guy, too. Oh, yeah, Coach Bennett, he's not afraid to get in front of that microphone, is he? 
That's exactly right. That's why I know anytime I ask him to come on the show, he'll say yes, because, you know, he's trying to get his reps in as well. But that aside, let's just talk about just the landscape of of high school football right now. Before we got uh, started, we were talking about, uh, you know, how Helena Capital has longstanding tradition, both in its success, but also in the prioritization of strength and conditioning training. And I remember when I was back in high school, they were one of the first ones to really be requiring time in the weight room, requiring time on the track. But now, I mean, high school football has become such a huge commitment, and, and everybody's doing that kind of stuff. So uh, now, as you've been there at Helena Capital for a little while now, how have you seen it evolve, and what sort of stuff have you guys tried to maybe implement that makes you different uh, compared to some of the other schools in AA? You know, you know, I think for when Capital first started, is even with uh, myself and when I played for Coach Tess, uh, the weight room was a priority, so I, I guess as a capital Bruin, you, you really don't know anything different. Uh, it's never been a, it's not a negotiable thing. It's something that we do, and uh, you know, like we said earlier, most everybody is involved in the weight room and trying to find an advantage. One thing we've done probably in the last seven years is tried to adapt it to more of the, uh, just not necessarily maybe just pushing all heavy weight like we used to maybe in the 90s and the early 2000s. Uh, we're kind of a three rep, five rep max type team now. Uh, we do a lot of different things in the weight room. Uh, we've incorporated, say, the girls' programs as well. So in the mornings, at all grade levels, freshman through senior, and all of our football coaches are there. It's kind of a united front with Guy Omquist and Katie Garson Forba and the, Katie Clement with the volleyball. That's a group effort. Uh, we get about 100, 150 kids there every morning, and we kind of rotate through a varsity JV freshman section and uh, we'll do multiple things and that's kind of how we've adapted and changed and uh, you know kind of gotten away from that one push max but uh, we still do those types of things but not as much. Well, that's very interesting, too, because Helena Capitals had great success across the sporting spectrum. The volleyball team, back-to-back champions before they got knocked off last year. Obviously, the Bar Sisters, two of the best athletes in the state of Montana uh, during their times there. Helena Capital, now Danny playing for the Lady Grizz here in Missoula, and Paige playing over there at Boise State on the volleyball court. And Helena Capital... In basketball, the boys' basketball champions last year under Coach Almquist, so there's a lot of success going on. Do you feel like those success breeds success? Do you feel like, aside from the training, just having those athletes in the weight room together and sort of you know, sharing that winning culture, do you think that influences each other? No, certainly. You know, it's, That's one of the big reasons why we did it. We, when we kind of integrated and assimilated with one another, it's because you know, you talk about the Barch girls, Hofer, many girls that have had success in the last four or five years. It's good for those boys who are on maybe on the fringe of, do I show up every day at 6 a.m. when you have uh, these Division One girl athletes out working you? It kind of puts you in your place, and you realize that hey, maybe I do need to pick up my game a little bit here. And, you know, it just kind of breeds some, some uh, camaraderie. Uh, with all boys and girls programs, it's nice that we're all on the same page. We work together. We're on the. We got the same plan. Uh, we have all. We you know. We have football coaches coaching volleyball girls and soccer girls and whatever it may be. So it's just kind of a unified effort, and I think that's helped us out in the last four or five years. Cal Mahela joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's our debut of the 2022 season of Coach's Corner, where we're going to highlight coaches from not just the football world, although he is the head coach at Helena Capital there in the capital city, but also coaches from across the sporting spectrum. 
But, Coach, one of the things that's been in the news lately, which is, I'm sure, a very fun and a great source of pride for you and your coaching staff, is the young men that have put in a lot of work to earn opportunities after this year. And I know you're fully concentrated on this season ahead of us, but we've heard from Talon Marsh, who was on this show a couple weeks ago. Austin Beeler joined us last week, and we're going to hear from Hayden Opitz later on this week. Of course, Marsh committed to Montana State. Beeler and Opitz committed to Montana not just those guys, but just in general, just the fact that you are putting guys that are going on to the next level, uh, that must give you a great sense of pride as a coach. Well, it certainly does, but as you know, and being a team guy, that we're, we're, we're concerned about the team. It's great that those young men have been recognized and they will receive offers to go to the next level. Um, and we talk about this every day, and we've talked about it in our leadership program here at Capitol High School that, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. Obviously, we have good recognition with some individuals. But one, two words that we never use in our program is I and me. It's always we and us. We never refer to the individual. And I know that's the old cliche and all that stuff in team sports. But you know, as we know, it takes 11 guys on the field doing the same thing. And uh, obviously, Opitz will be one of those guys as well as Talon. And uh, Beeler, um, very excited for those young men, and we are pure focus on Bozeman in game number one. What well, is so true, and you have to work in tandem, and you have to work together. And you know, we've seen some teams in the past where they have a variety of college talent, and uh, they can't put together. Also, teams that have been undefeated without having much at all. So it is really about playing together as a team. Kyle Mahela showing us here on Nuanas now, Helena Capital head football coach, and. Uh, Kyle, what do you think of just the overall landscape of of Double A? I think that there's intriguing storylines no matter which city you hit, and and you know I think that there's a whole bunch of teams that are in the mix to chase playoff berths and chase state championships. So, what do you think of just the overall landscape uh, of Double A in the state of Montana this year? Well, we were able to spend a lot of time with the guys at the Cat Camp in Missoula Seven on Seven, so we've been able to see a lot of Double A schools this. Uh, summer, uh, you know, it never seems to end. And you know, football is—I think all sports are nearly uh, year-round. But you try and give them a little bit of a break. But I know that in the in the West, we weren't able to see West. We play them game two. Uh, Coach Stanton will put together a good product. He does lose some talent, but with a school that size, I think you're just going to reload. Um, I think Billing Senior is going to be in the mix. Boy, Skyview uh, looked good at camp. They had a good team camp in Bozeman. Um, you know, I'm hoping that we're going to be pretty solid. We do have some talent in the West. Uh, Butte looks good. Uh, Grady always puts together a good uh, team. Obviously, Dane and Sentinel are going to be solid. Uh, they get a lot of talent uh, once again. Um, you know, one thing I've always said in the AA to our coaches and to others is, and our kids is that it's hard to win in the AA. I mean, you, you have talented football teams. You have you got to find an advantage, and you got to take advantage of that, obviously. Uh, the AA is a, a solid a solid conference, and it's hard to win eight, nine games. And it's, it's tough to get into the playoffs. Uh, so every week's a grind, and that's how we're going to approach it. It certainly is going to be a grind. You go all the way around the state, and it is uh, so many fun storylines. What do you think about your specific team, though, what do you hope to find you guys? I mean, is there anything different than, than the brand of football you played the last, you know, handful, if not more years? I mean, Capital's always tough. You always got tough kids. You always have a tough mindset. So uh, is that what you want this team to be defined by? And what else? I mean, what else about this team makes them unique or different from teams in the past? 
Well, if we're going to be successful, we got to we got to impose our physicality on other teams. I mean, we got to get after it on the line of scrimmage. I mean, we did do have some good, solid, strong guys up front, active guys. I mean, our our offensive line. You know, you usually don't say this is probably one of our more athletic groups uh, as a whole. Um, I, I do like the physicality. I mean, we're going to have multiple guys at running back. We're going to do some uh, personnel grouping, some different things, change things up. Uh, of course, we will throw the ball. Um, but, you know, we want to be be able to impose our physicality on teams and get after them. What's the, what's uh, next for you guys then between now and your opener? Obviously rolling on fall camp right now, a couple of weeks of double days, and then uh, start game prep. Bozeman, your opener, and uh, always always tough. The Hawks are always good, and Coach West, he's really made that program his own these last couple of years. Uh, so what's the goals between now and your guys' opener for Helena Capital? Well, we got to solidify our personnel groupings. we got to make sure we're putting the right get kids in the right places and right positions. Um, we got to be solid on special teams. We take our first 20 minutes of practice and we focus just on special teams. Um, take a special team a day per practice. Uh, one thing our, our, my assistants do a great job of is breaking down, uh, teaching part, part, whole, and making sure the kids understand. I mean, we got to be great in all, as we all know, all three phases of the game. Uh, so we want to do that. We want to solidify, like I said, our uh, personnel and where we're going to put kids. Uh, we have a little scrimmage uh, tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday, and then we'll have another one on kind of a dress rehearsal, game night simulation on Friday. Then we get up and have a barbecue and a meeting on Saturday, and then we're it's game week. we got to get ready to go. Coach West, will have his guys ready to go. Coach West, he's a very good coach. Um, he does a good job with his personnel and formations. Uh, they're always tough on defense. They play hard. Uh, it's going to be a tough first test. Well, last thing for you, then Kyle Mahela is joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. It's our Coach's Corner, where we'll highlight and have conversations with coaches from across the world of high school sports in the state of Montana. And, and Coach, I like to ask a lot of different varieties of coaches this, uh, especially ones that have done it for a little while. What's your favorite part about coaching? What keeps you coming back? Because it's not getting any easier. The state of the world as it is, you know, it, it's a high-pressure deal. It's a huge time commitment, but it also could be incredibly rewarding. So for you, what keeps you coming back? What, what makes you love coaching high school football? You know, it's the relationships you build with the, your players and all over from their whatever. I mean, I, I would say their freshman year, but anymore, we're knee-deep into the elementary schools and the middle schools, so... I mean, you've known these kids for, you know, 10 years and you see them grow and you see them transform in the weight room and you see them uh, become great young men in the community and the school. Winning games is great, but I think building those relationships, um, and those are lifelong, you know. I mean, just, you know, with our guys in Missoula, talking with Marcus Wellnell on a consistent basis and having those guys come back and talk when we were in Missoula and guys like Bobby Daly, when we went to Bozeman, uh, we had him talk to the group and building those lifelong relationships and seeing them grow and go to school and have their own families. That's probably why we do it. Well, very cool. And uh, it is a super rewarding and also very important thing. We always remind people about that around here, just how much influence this really does have as you're, 
you know, becoming a man and developing into an adult. So congratulations on the great success so far. And best of luck this season. Kyle Mahillish, Helena Capital, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Coach, thanks for taking some time today. Best of luck this year. I'm sure we'll talk to you again before the season's over. But in the meantime, go get them in that opener. And uh, best of luck surviving the heat the next couple weeks. All right. Thank you, Coulter. Appreciate it. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. You ready for the most uh, accurate, at least to me, and depressing headline of the day? (laughs) The one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. This is from uh, Twitter. By way of Kevin Van Valkenburg, a Missoula native, a University of Montana journalism school graduate, and uh, now a um, senior writer at ESPN, covers golf there for the uh, the mothership. His tweet says, one of the interesting ironies of the show Yellowstone, which if you, if you haven't noticed, Yellowstone is back shooting here in western Montana. Of the interesting ironies of the show Yellowstone, for all its absurdity, it does grasp the stakes of the ideological conflict between native Montanans and interlopers. But the people who adore the show, ironically, the most are its villains. This is a quote tweet of a Washington Post article that is headlined, The fabulously wealthy are fueling a booming luxury ranch market out west. Oh, man. I mean, We can't even go down this rabbit hole. we got to get some Treasure State stars in. But I will discuss slightly. I think that what we're going for, uh, what we're what we're heading toward is uh, a lot of people that are moving here because of beauty. That's fine. Also, urbanization. That's what a lot of us in Montana that are from Montana don't want. And uh, the independence and the tough lifestyle that exists in Montana, it's going by the wayside. That's a cultural thing that maybe we don't have much control over. But I, I digress. Thursday Stars, let's have some fun. Happy time. Presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places in Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Speaking of Montana, I felt like I was actually, I know that I, I'm a curmudgeon. I know it. I, I got it. But I was at the Western Montana Fair on Friday. Great time. Felt like I was back in Montana with a bunch of Montanans. It was great. Then we went to the rodeo. Even more Montanans. I was surrounded by Montanans. What a great thing. And and all of you that are listening that are maybe not from here or new here, I I welcome you with open arms as well. Let's just, let's just, I don't know, let's just buy into the, the way of life here. Again, I can't stop digressing. I love the rodeo. I thought it was great. Our Treasure State star number one is everybody that participated in and put on the rodeo at the Western Montana Fair all weekend long. Rodeo is such an incredible sport. When you really watch it up close and personal, I mean, it is crazy to think of people trying to ride this livestock. And maybe the most impressive part is the pickup men, the guys that go and get the cowboys and the cowgirls off the horses or off the bucking Bronx or whatever, and they and they bring them in, and then they, you know, they put the bull back in the, in the chute. 
it's just extraordinary horsemanship. It's like hard to even explain how extraordinary the horsemanship is. I hope my mother's listening because she has always been a great lover of horses. We have a lifelong argument over whether horse racing is a sport or not. I think it's a spectacle. The horses are certainly athletic and athletes. You just can't consider it a sport, even if the jockeying is an athletic pursuit. That's here nor there, though. The horsemanship at rodeos is second to none, and uh, it was a very fun and pleasant evening there uh, at Western at the Western Montana Fair on Friday night. Treasure State star number two. How about all the folks that put on Soccer Day Missoula? Uh, we had some uh, publicity. Charlie Van Dam came into the studio last week to sort of promote, promote this thing. But I know, Andrew, you hung out down there at Soccer Day Missoula. Uh, what'd you see? What'd you think? Oh, I just thought it was a great time, Coulter. Uh, a good day for it. Had a bunch of games going on on the turf fields, down there on the grass fields at uh, Fort Missoula. Just a bunch of people hanging around who love the game. I mean, the the Grizz soccer team was there for most of the afternoon. Uh, just a, a, a great vibe and a great feeling of, uh, you know, friendship, togetherness, whatever. It comes from playing a game. I got a couple games in. Uh one one nice slower game up on the turf fields and then found myself roped into the elite game, sort of the late game down on the grass fields with Gabe Onsa and Ashley Herndon and a bunch nice. of people who play pickup from around town, and that was really tough. I was pretty sore. I still am sore after that, but I had a great time. Well, very good. Uh, it's always fun. We have community events like that, and I do think it's just anything that is engaging people in going out, meeting new people, being outside – congregating with each other. I, I just hope we never lose that art. The best way to make friends is, is what like Andrew just did. Go to a pickup soccer game. Go to a pickup basketball game. You'll meet all sorts of new people. Treasure State star number three. How about the latest commitments to the University of Montana football team? Hayden Opitz out of Helena Capital. He's being recruited as an athlete. And Clay Oven out of Billing Central. He's being recruited as a linebacker. Both those guys committed uh, over the last week or so. Uh, so congratulations to them. We will follow up with each of them and have each one on the uh, the show sometime soon. Treasure State star number four, speaking of Cowboys, how about this? Sage Newman, who hails, hails from Melstone, Montana, which uh, when you're talking about the, the percentage of great athletes coming out of a tiny town, I know this because I just wrote about Brody Greedy, a defensive end for Montana State. He's from Melstone. Sage Newman is also from Melstone. There's only 123 other people from Melstone, Montana. It is population 125 as of the latest census. But Sage Newman from Melstone right now is the number one saddle bronc rider in the world. And he won the saddle bronc riding at the uh, rodeo here in Missoula over the weekend. So uh, a, a, quite a treat for, you know, there's always good cowboys from Montana, great cowboys from Montana sometimes. And it's always very cool for, uh, you know, some of the best to be on display during the Montana rodeo circuit in the summer. But it's even cooler when you got a Montana cowboy at a Montana rodeo who also happens to be one of the best cowboys in the world. That's exactly what Sage Newman is. Treasure State star number five. How about the Grizz and the Cats in the NFL? The preseason for the NFL opened this last weekend. And a whole variety of guys from the Big Sky Conference as well as guys with Montana and Montana State ties participated. We're going to get to that in hour number two. But all those guys, great showings including, of course, Lance McCutcheon catching a pair of touchdowns for the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams over the weekend against the Chargers. And uh, Treasure State star number six, a guy who's already appeared on here two times. This is his third time. 
Jason Newman for the Missoula Paddleheads. He continues to just hit the cover right off the ball. Single season record for home runs in a season for the Pioneer League, and they still have uh, a couple weeks left to play. So uh, Newman continues his torrid pace. I shouldn't even say pace. He's not pacing towards anything. The record's his. Now he's just going to put it out in the distance to see if anybody else can uh, come back and catch him. I don't really think that that's going to ever happen. So you go. It's your Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places in western Montana to get a loan because Treasure, or because uh, Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes thanks to their continued support of Treasure State Stars here on Nuanas Now. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. More NFL Top 100 talk plus an update on each and every one of the guys that played in the big sky at the Montana schools last year who are now competing for roster spots to play on Sundays in the NFL. Nuanas Now rolls on. TSPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 